My wife just got back from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, Victory, what do they call conference. that now? Victory Conference. Victory Conference. You want to say a word before you lead them in the confession, or what do you want to do? You tell me. Uh, you know, I just believe that it's good to go and hear what's being said because you find out that God's saying the same thing everywhere. And that's good to know. You know, as long as we're hearing what God says and we're operating with that wisdom and that revelation, then we're on track. You know, it may not be that everybody carries it out the same way, but uh, I believe it was a great week out there. And we had all all different ages, all different races. It was just, it's fun to go and see what God can do when people get in unity. Everybody say unity. It's a tragedy in our country that we have a, a very small percentage of people who are doing radical things that are against the truth. Uh, and, and so we need to stand up for what's right. Amen. We need to take that stand, and we need to, we don't have to be angry. We just know what we believe. Everybody say, I know what I believe. So let's make this confession together tonight. Everybody together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open, and my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life. Because Jesus lives in me. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Good to see all of you. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Glory to God. That's a great confession. Honey, while you were gone Sunday, I talked about you. I suppose you did. About our bed-making opportunities and how much fun we have and everything. Yeah. And, uh, but oh, that my. was more Sunday. So this is a Wednesday crowd, so I don't, they, they probably weren't all here Sunday. But yeah. we had fun. We made the bed today. Yeah, we did. That's great. And had me pull it a little bit on one side versus the other because it wasn't quite right. You should have seen it when I got home. Well, hallelujah, we won't go into that. For those of you that weren't here a couple of Wednesday nights ago, my husband <clears> came <throat> in my office and said, uh, are you going to preach with me tonight? And I used to do that some, but lately I haven't been doing it as much since I've been playing the keys. And I said, uh, why? Well, he gave me the message. It was on joy. And I knew right away I was the straight man and I was going to be talked about. And, of course, I was. But what was it? Wanda said, that was the funniest message I think I've ever heard on joy. <laughs> so, you can talk hallelujah. about me. You can talk about me. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, I, I read a little bit from this book. I shared it with uh, Chris and Morgan that maybe we ought to do this as a project. You may or may not remember this, but this guy wrote this book. and Pastors sent in letters from the kids, and, and they're really kind of cute. I, I read it on a Sunday, but <clears throat> these are young children that as a project, they were just uh, told, write a letter, to, uh, whatever letter you'd like to write, and the pastor will share it, and they ended up putting it in a book. This is a 10-year-old from Smithtown. His name is Thomas. Dear Pastor, everyone says amen after your service because they're glad it's over. <laughs> this is little Teresa, age eight. I know God loves me, but I wish he would give me an A on my report card so I could be sure. <laughs> and then a couple more here, I think that's pretty cute. Uh, this is uh, Fred. He's age uh, nine from Wilmington. We have three Bibles in our house. My mother reads the Bible every day. And my dad reads the sports page. <laughs> okay. Dear Pastor, this will be the last one, I think. Well, maybe one more. I read the Bible every day since I was a little kid. So far, I'm up to the first page. This is Melissa, age seven. Now, these are actual letters. That's why I love them. That's why I love them. They're so cute. And then this, this one's one of my favorites. This is little old Mark, age seven. He's, uh, he's really got his mind going. Dear Pastor, how much money do you collect in that plate on Sunday? I think I might like to go into that business when I grow up. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, thank you for all the giving for the backpack program. Yeah. Uh, we, we were really blessed uh, in that very short time that we did that. I think we had about 3500 Our budget was five. But we had some other giving come from outside the church. So it was totally taken care of. Everybody say, God knows. God knows. So, you know, we do what we can do, and God, he does the rest, you know. So He does the rest. Yes. I'm glad to have you back, honey. I really am. Me and the dog missed you. Um, I want us to make this confession. Now, I love our confession. I love our new confession. I really do. But sometimes I am more of a... Um, mm, Pretty soft, 
and pretty compassionate, but a little bit of a drill instructor. Uh, you know, if you're doing something you know is stupid, then you're kind of stupid. Uh, you know, in, in other words, if you know what you're doing is wrong, you got a problem, nobody else, just you. And uh, sometimes that comes across a little strong, but it works for me. That's the way I try to live my life. I don't always do it right. I guarantee you that, but I try to. Somebody, Pam has on the refrigerator something that was given to us years ago, Rex Warner. Uh, it said, when I marry, what, how did I didn't know when I married Mr. Wright that his first name was always. Yeah, always. And, and, and so Pam puts that on the refrigerator and she said, that reminds me of you. And I said, honey, I'm not always right. And she said, no, but you think you're always right. And I said, well, yes. I mean, who in their right mind would ever express themselves as to what they think if they didn't think they were right? I mean, we always turn to your name and say, I, I'm going to express what I think is right. At least I hope you do. And, uh, and so I like this confession because there are a lot of people in the body of Christ, they don't need additional revelation. They need to do what they know to do. And so, let's say it. The Word of God, word of God is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I, the word, I, will, be I will be blessed. If I don't, if I, don't I, won't. I won't. It's just that simple. Just that. Tell your neighbor, you can get it. It's just that simple. And, and tonight, we and I, you and I talked about it earlier today, but as I was praying about the message, actually praying before I had the message, I just kept seeing this little sign over in the South Sudan, uh, uh, Danger, Landmines. And, uh, and, and it was just kind of flashing through my mind. And I thought, God, are you giving me a, a message here? And, uh, and instantly, it was like, the it just all came together real quickly. But, but your mind is full of potential landmines. And if you're not careful about the warning signs, you can have a serious challenge in a moment's notice because the victory is already won. We have the victory. And in the South Sudan, unfortunately, it's not true today because war is raging again, but when we first started going over there back in 2005, they really came to an agreement and a peace treaty but everywhere you went, there were signs, landmines. And we, one of them, I have a picture with John standing next to it with his arm around the sign, danger, beware of landmines. But he wanted to get his picture taken there. But there's nothing funny about a landmine. Uh, they're, they're, they're potentially devastating, uh, dangerous. And uh, there are millions and millions and millions of landmines in the nations of the world. We, we live in a country where we're blessed. But in nations like Sudan and others, there are landmines that uh, one, uh, in one eight-year period of time over there, they uh, cleared 16,000 landmines, and they felt like they had another 20 or 30,000. And, and I'm going to paraphrase this real quickly because I don't mean to monopolize this, but this is kind of what I saw. And in, in looking up on the Internet the, the, how they clear a landmine, uh, the, it, it's very difficult to do. But in the Sudan especially, uh, in, in the uh, dry season, the, the land, the dirt, becomes like concrete. And I mean exactly like concrete. You can touch it and it feels just like concrete, but it's actually dirt. And what happens is, that, is they can't really get to the landmines in that season because it is so hard and the dirt is so crystallized that you can walk on a landmine and it will not trigger because of the hardness of the dirt. But when the rainy season comes, it's very difficult. First of all, that's when they go out to find them. And secondly, what will happen in the, in the hardness of the summer and the baking of it, you can run in an area and play and have a great time. The rainy season comes and you go right back out into that same, same area thinking that everything is okay and you start to trigger those landmines and many people die thinking they're in a safe zone. And that's how it all sort of came together, honey that in our mind we have been through so many things and we have downloaded so much into our mind that if we're not careful we can have some things that are up there that are dormant and that in a moment's notice they get triggered and we didn't even deal with it in the beginning so therefore we still have the danger of that thing and I believe that for most people myself included the biggest challenge we face is our mind, our thought process, 
and actually moving ahead with what God has for us. You know, uh, the title of this message is Navigating the Minefields of the Mind. And uh, we all have them, you know, situations and circumstances, like my husband said, that either we didn't deal with or we just hardened our heart to a point where we don't, they're, they're not noticeable anymore. They don't affect us anymore. But then something happens uh, that causes that memory to come back or that situation to come back. And then uh, even though uh, years ago when I was first saved, there were things that, that I believe God healed me of. But then sometimes the enemy will come back to remind us of those places. And when he does, if, if we go back into that place, we're going to find ourselves reliving it just like it happened. And then he stirs it up again. Have, have you ever had the devil stir up something you thought was done? And then the enemy says, well, you really weren't over that. Then you get started on trying to fix everything that you thought already was fixed at, at one point. And uh, that's, you know, God wants us to, to be able to live above those things. You know, we're, not, we're, we're supposed to be on ground that is steady all the time. And we're not in a position where we're going to run into that place that hasn't been dealt with or that has been dealt with, but the enemy wants to remind us and take us back there. There was a season where when I would think of certain things in my past, I would actually, like, feel the pain of it. I mean, I could even get really emotional about those things because the enemy knows where those places are, and he will cause you to step on them at the most inopportune time. It's a good word, honey. And, and you have to realize there are places in your memory bank. I don't understand how this works. Uh, but the mind is the most sophisticated, complex computer ever made, and God made it. We are made in God's image. And we know that there are things that in a computer you can get downloaded and you can press delete. Now, Heather's probably going to smile at me back there because she said he's the last guy in the world ought to be talking about computers because I, I, I don't mean to make a bad confession, but I am somewhat computer illiterate, and the girls in the office could all say amen to that. But, but, but you, you push delete, and it's gone, but it's still on the hard drive. And they can find it if they really want to search for it. I don't have this in the scriptures, but I have this in my heart. There are places in your mind that if you go there, they'll take you right back to where you were delivered and set free from. And if you allow yourself, it'll suck you right into that demonic force of rejection, anger, hatred, all of the stuff that you were set free from, and you don't ever want to go there. And what we have to be careful of is that we stay focused on where God has us today, never going back to the past. Isaiah 55 says that his thoughts, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. They're not our ways. But the good news is that when you really study that, God wants us to know his thoughts. He wants us to know his ways. And so when we get to the point when we understand that the most important thing in our life is to meditate the word of God day and night, fill our mind with the good things, and, and then through discipline and obedience, we're going to talk about that in just a few moments here, we actually, as soldiers of the cross, we become disciplined to realize this is the way I have to live the rest of my life. And if we do that, all of the blessings come upon us and overtake us. You know, the, it's in the life that we live, God has huge, enormous, big ideas for each one of us. But if our mind cannot get into that place, it's always being pulled back to these places where there, you know, there are opportunities to get emotionally attached again. Yeah. Then we, we do not see the big picture. That's why I think it says there, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts nor my ways your ways, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I love that scripture tonight that the Lord had me read in Ephesians chapter 2 when it says you are seated in heavenly places. That means the potential for higher thoughts is available to each one of us. But when we get in those places where we are in a position where we could step on a landmine, then those are going to take us down, not up. They're not going to take us forward. They're going to take us backward. And these thoughts, he says, as the rain comes down 
and the snow and snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that is that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth from your mouth and as soon as we hit one of those landmines or one of those things that are in our life that we are subject to falling backward our mouth begins to speak in the realm of disaster and disappointment and depression and all those things, and we are no longer seated in heavenly places. Does that make sense? We, we have been blown out of that seat, and we're in a position where now we're down just muddling in the middle of that situation again, and we've been trapped in that landmine. When we were first married, uh, we hadn't talked about this, but I hope you don't mind me talking about it because I'm going to talk about you. You got a smile? You got that winning smile? Yes, let, let me see. Is it win? <laughs> no, there it is. There it is. I know, I know the real thing. I know but Pam and I had both been through uh, rejection, through divorce, and, uh, and, and she was pretty well healed. I hadn't been, because you've been saved longer than I had. Uh, I hadn't been saved very long, and I thought I was healed. How many of you ever thought you were healed of something and only find out you weren't healed at all? And, uh, and, and, and I hadn't been healed in that area of my life. And in the beginning, uh, we really had some problems, mostly her, but, but <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but, but uh, what, what would happen was that, that I would sometimes be a little demanding or something would happen, and, and it would trigger, it would kind of hit the landmine of rejection. And, uh, and then she would kind of respond to me, and it would hit mine that was a bigger landmine uh, of rejection. And before you know it, I, you know, we really had a challenge. And I'll never forget this one day on Inca Court. We were having quite an opportunity. And, and Pam said, well, I'm just going go, to go to my sister's house. And uh, I'd met her sister, but I didn't know Chris that well. But I thought, you know, there's a whole lot of places I'd run off to, but Chris's house would not be one of them. And, but she's going to run off to, to Chris's house because she only lived a couple blocks from us. Now, we just got married, and you're going to run away, you know. And, and I was the part of really feeding that. But what we, what we didn't, really didn't know was it wasn't your problem. It wasn't my problem. The enemy had imparted into our minds rejection, and we thought we were okay. And all of a sudden, something would hit and trigger that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It may not be a rejection for you, but how many of you know what I'm talking about? There's some places there. And uh, it, 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 it made me think about the, the kind of an example that I saw when we were uh, on one of our trips into the Sudan. We took a, a, a Purdue team with us, agriculture team, and they're going to still have a memorandum of understanding. They're going to start over there someday. But uh, on this particular trip, we were at an old British agricultural uh, center, and it was about 20 acres, and they were, the, Purdue was thinking about going in there and, and starting it and, uh, all over again in the A area. And as we went through it, about 15 acres or so was just really nice, beautiful, and we were walking all around. And then we came up to a five-acre plot and it looked beautiful it was very just like all the rest looked beautiful and signs everywhere you know do not enter do not enter landmines and and someone said well this looks like everything else and said yeah well it may look like everything else but it isn't and I said well how do you know there are landmines there and we say we don't but it hasn't been cleared and that every inch of the 15 acres we had been through had been cleared every inch to make sure there were no landmines but this five acres hadn't been cleared and they said, we can't do anything with that until we get it cleared. And, and, and a lot of us have to come to the realization, we've got some areas in our mind that just hasn't really been cleared yet. We think it's okay, but it's not okay. Now, the blood has set us free. So everybody say, I am free. I had a problem with rejection, not because of the devil, because I'd gotten saved. The problem I had was I wouldn't admit I had rejection. The rejection wasn't my problem. Pride was my problem. I wouldn't admit that I had a problem with rejection. And a lot of times, the thing that is triggering the landmine is not the thing. It's not like, she didn't treat me right, so I have a right to be. No, the problem was the, the area deep down, and God showed me it was pride in my life. And so when we get to the point when we understand that there are potentials there, but then we cover it by the blood, we cover it by the name of Jesus, we cover it with the word of God, we cover it by what God thinks, and then we're okay.
you know, it says, as a man thinketh, so is he in his heart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God wants our heart to be strong. That's why he says in Proverbs 4 that out of your heart flow the issues of life. And so we don't want to get our heart cluttered with things that are going to stop us from what God wants to do. And I was thinking when I was uh, meditating on this message when, when Bill gave it to me, you know, sometimes it just rains. And it rains like it says that God sends the rain down. Sometimes I believe God will let it rain to soften a place, not for the land mine to blow up, but for us to begin to see. Uh, you know, it says they clear the, the to find it. You know, enough rain will fall that we find that place where we're really vulnerable. That landmine that if if we didn't take care of it then, it's going to come against us at a greater uh, as a greater weapon at a later date. How many of you know there's things like that? You know, if you don't take care of them now, and you're, you may be in another place where the fact that you find it there is going to be much more detrimental to your yeah. being than if you'd have found it back here. And sometimes I think God lets that, you know, he, he lets us clear the field. Everybody say clear the field. But when he rains on it, it doesn't always feel real Good, you know, yeah. you don't, we don't realize that it's God wanting to show us where it is so that we can clear that field in our mind so it can't get us at some point later on down the way. And if we think <clears throat> what God thinks and we'll let his thoughts be our thoughts, then we're not going to step on those landmines. We're going to be thinking what God thinks regarding us. And Proverbs 16.3 is a powerful scripture. It says, man plans his way, but... Uh, uh, but uh, see, uh, excuse me, <laughs> commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So when we commit everything to the Lord, then our thoughts become established. Uh, you know, uh, I, I will not be anxious about anything because the word says so. Uh, I will walk in forgiveness toward everyone because the word says so. And then after a while, we become really and truly so obedient to the word and so disciplined. I hope this comes out right, so you clean it up if it doesn't. A lot of us are waiting for a move of the Holy Spirit to set us free. I believe the Holy Spirit has already moved and set us free. And now we're supposed to live the life we've been given. We let the Holy Spirit show us how to think and what to think. Jesus said, and we'll get to that in a minute, that the Holy Spirit will declare everything he had to us and lead and guide us into all truth. And that everything we have need of today to be set free and delivered has already taken place. And he wants us to walk in that kind of freedom. But that's a choice. Everybody say that's a choice. It's a choice. You know, uh, things in our life that hinder us, uh, we have to take responsibility for it. Just like my husband said, you know, you could think it was rejection or things maybe that, he, that I did or somebody else did to him. And we can always find reasons for things not going the way that they should have gone. But I believe in the body of Christ, we have to take responsibility for our walk. You know, we're, we're responsible to walk out our salvation. We're the one that has to submit ourselves to God and say, okay, you know, if there's a landmine coming around that corner, <laughs> could you just rain on it for a little bit and let me check to find it before I step on it? Rather than thinking that it's the person around the corner that's going to be the problem. We take responsibility for that. And the Holy Spirit will show us those things. The Holy Spirit will quicken us. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit quicken you ahead of time yeah. that something's not right? And uh, that's, that's a gift that God has given us, the, the Holy Spirit in us, that if we'll acknowledge it, and oftentimes it's things in us that are, that are going to be um, distracted from where God's taking us, and there, there are things that are going to come up. I, I cannot tell you the number of times I've shared a word that God has given me. And then about a month later, I have an opportunity to use that word. And, you know, sometimes I don't remember that word until I have the opportunity. <laughs> and, er, and, and that's when God reminds me of it. Because he wants to let us know where those, those minds are. Those things that are going to blow up in our face, so to speak. And so the Holy Spirit's very important to us. He will direct our thoughts. I think there's a fine line, and again, you jump in here if I'm missing it, but there's a fine line between walking in a righteousness and not accepting any blame for what's going wrong. 
And I had a man, I hope you get, get all this, because we are righteous. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am righteous. I am righteous. But it doesn't mean that righteous people can't do dumb things. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know that's I know true. That. And so a lot of times we're trying to blame the devil for something we are doing and are allowing to happen. And so we need to take responsibility for our actions, and it's being transparent before God, and God will show you when that happens. I had a man one time, I can't recall the exact situation, but it was out in Tulsa, and, and, and Pastor Doherty had sent him to me, and I was talking to him, and he was sharing some things to me, and, and they were pretty bad. And he says, I really think I'm the problem. And I said, you are. And, uh, and he just looked at me, and it's like, I can't believe you. He didn't say it, but he looked at me as if to say, I can't believe you said that. And I said, you, you are the problem. You just said what the problem is, and it's you. It's not the devil. You know what you're doing wrong. You continue to do it, and you want somebody else to pacify you in the midst of it, and you know you're wrong. You are the problem, not the devil. You are the problem. And finally, he came to grips with it, and we prayed, and, and, and he left, and everything was okay. But I think there are some times that realized that I've looked in the mirror, and I found out the problem. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need to look in the mirror. Now, the Word of God, and we're going to read it in just a moment here. Pam can share it with you. But it's in Romans chapter 8, if you want to turn over there. It's talking about setting your mind. You set your mind on whatever you want it to think. And if you don't do it yourself, the world will think for you. The devil will think for you. Your mind will think thoughts all of the time. But if you want to, you can think any thought you want. That's why praise and worship, when you start singing and praising, you don't have to sing on tune to praise the Lord. Uh, all you've got to do is open your mouth and praise God. That'll fill your mind with meditation. That'll fill, your, that'll fill your thought life. And when you do that, you're thinking for yourself. God told Joshua, Joshua, if you will meditate my word of God day and night, you will have success. You will prosper in everything you put your hands to. We're living in a world today that is inundated with information inundated with information, inundated with advertising, inundated with television, uh, 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 Facebook, and all this kind of stuff, all competing for our mind. And when we understand that there's only one person that can set our mind on the things of God and keep it there, because God has shown us in Romans chapter 8 what happens. If you want to read that, honey. Uh, it's Romans chapter 8, verse 5, and, and, and talks about the importance, or actually we start in verse number 3, I think. Yeah. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk, according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That means we have to make that choice. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So basically what this says is that, it, that we can either set our mind on the things of the flesh or we set our minds on the thing of the spirit, but we do the mindset. Everybody said, my mind, my mind. Is, under my is under my control and I can set it wherever I want. So when you get up in the morning, you can say and start to meditate, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice. Or you can get up and meditate, I don't have enough money to buy lunch today, I don't have enough money to pay my bills, the kids are going crazy, my dog's going crazy, and I'm going crazy. That thought process can be in any single one of you, and one of them attracts the devil, one of them attracts powers and principalities, and one of them attracts the power of God into our lives. And that's why it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. We have a law of attraction working inside of us. And when we understand this, that it's, it's, we'll go to John chapter uh, 16 here, uh, we'll jump over there, because this, this is the power and the authority and the dominion uh, uh, is already here. 
It's already with us, and that we have everything that God said that we would have. This is what it says. Sometimes we say this about God's going to give us truth, and he is. It says in verse number 13 of John chapter 16, when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. Uh, he'll not speak on his own authority. Everybody say, he'll not speak on his own authority. That means he doesn't think on his own authority. He doesn't speak on his own authority. He only does what he hears. It says, but whatever he hears, he will speak, talking about the Holy Spirit, and he, he will tell you things to come. He'll glorify me. He'll take what is mine, declare it to you. All things the Father has in mind. Therefore, I say he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will not speak or think whatever he thinks. He brings forth God's will and he tells us, and in that, he declares to us not only what the will of God is, but everything we have need to meet that will, he gives to us. That's what John 16, 13 through 15 thinks. So in other words, all of our needs are met. Let's say, say all my needs are met. Now don't run to your checkbook and look at it, and then, and then, and then well, that's a landmine. Turn to your neighbor and tell you, your checkbook could be a landmine. Uh, you know, uh, my kid is righteous and he loves me and he's kind and he's sweet and he's gentle and you know everything is going the opposite direction. Don't look at the direction it's going. Look at what the Word of God says and what the Holy Spirit says. That's what Jesus did when he came. He said, I only came to do the will of the Father. Only did what my, God's, my, what my Father told me to do. Holy Spirit basically did the same thing. I only come to bring forth the will of God and to declare to you everything Jesus had. You know, I was thinking, well, uh, he was talking, you know, on television, you have the channel changer in your hand. I don't. No. That's a, a reason. There's a reason. Uh, now, you know, if I'm watching... I had it the other day while you were gone. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> yes, you do. We just have two TVs. We solved that problem. <laughs> he has his own channel changer, and I have mine. But, you know, if I... Have you ever just cruised through the channels? I know there's a lot of help today. You can look, and it'll tell you what's on every channel and all that. But, you know, how many of you have ever cruised by a channel and realized that is a landmine? God is what? It's a landmine. I need to get off of that yes, channel. Yes, yes. Starts with H. What's that? Hallmark. <laughs> Hallmark is not a landmine. It is for me. <laughs> well, Fox is a landmine for me because those people just say the same thing over and over and over. A different person says it. <laughs> you know, it's like the too much information and no revelation. Excuse me, but I got a message on that. How many of you know you can have a lot of information, but if you don't have revelation, then you can't have a demonstration. And then there can't be a manifestation. So why would I watch it? Because I know they don't know everything. And my husband, besides, will tell me everything he heard. I watch so it at the top like, of the hour. Yeah, top of the hour. We're but you can watch Hallmark at any given time, and you can say, he's eventually going to kiss her after they go their separate ways. That's right. And then they come back together, they'll hug, they'll kiss, and the same script is on every yes. single program. If there's no danger, no danger, no landmines, it's just going to happen. They have a few little problems, but there's no landmines. There's one girl, everywhere she goes, somebody dies. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, they always find out who did it. So, you know, Hallmark is not the bad channel. But I'm just saying, how many of you have ever flipped? One night I, I flipped onto one that somebody told me was, uh, I like mysteries. And it was, um, oh, I can't even think of the name of it, but it's awful. Now, it is a mystery, but it's so scary I can't even think about what the mystery is. I have to get off. Criminal lines. Well, why do I care? What I mean, it is so bad. All I can say is, yep, I don't want to watch that. Landmine. Everybody say landmine. Because I have to protect my mind. Do you know the anointing of God rests on your life? You carry the anointing of God. You have to protect the anointing. Can I say that again? It's about a power that God has invested in your life. And my life, and we have to protect that. And things that cause you to, like, you know, and, and they're very enticing. Like, well, I just want to see what happened there. Have you ever gone by a channel, saw enough, then you think, oh, I shouldn't be here. You go down the next channel, but then you creep back just to see what happened. See, that's the enemy. Those are landmines. There's many people, they're, they're hooked today by pornography. They're hooked by the things of this world. 
uh, QVC, that's a channel where you buy things. I've heard people say, I'm, I've never been on that channel, but I had someone say to me, I buy things I don't even need. Just because I'm watching and it looks like I want it, you know, I want it and I order it and then I get it and think, why did I get this? That's meant to steal your mind. That's a landmine. Everybody say a landmine. And so we have to put our, get the remote out when you start having those opportunities and click back over to Hallmark. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, excuse me. <laughs> they both start with H. There, honey. That means that it was a good channel because the Holy Spirit starts with H. And so get back on H and get to the Holy Spirit and find out exactly what God's saying. But I've, God's been really reminding me, especially when I see things, big things, like when I went to Victory and they're touching things all over the world. We were raised in that environment. That's why we, we, we have faith. We believe. We may not see it, but we don't let go because we know God will do it. And we've seen it. And the multiplication that I see there, and, and I remember uh, Pastor Sharon saying, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. There's all these landmines that want to pull you away. And what happens is you cannot see the big picture. All you see is what blew up right there in front of you. And some of that you just need to let somebody else take care of the mess and just keep going right down that road because those big things take uh, the ability to stay focused and stay in faith. And that means you're not going to be able to be checking out anything that's going on around you. I really believe that. I believe there are people hitting landmines all over the place. But you got to know when God tells you to stop and do something. Because there's many Christians who are sidetracked, completely sidetracked, from where God started them to go. That's just an added thought. Hallelujah. Sorry, that I, wasn't I, your message. I know it's a good word. I, I know that, uh, that there a lot of books have been written, um, George Meyer and other people, and, and, I, and I believe it. The, the battleground is your mind. Jesus gave us the victory, defeated the devil, defeated powers, defeated principalities. And if you ever understand that you are in charge of every thought that you take, either hold it or get rid of it and move on, and that your thoughts should line up with what God thinks. Gosh, Joshua was told, I believe it's the key to success for every single person in the world, uh, is that number one, find Jesus. But what Joshua said, if you'll, God said, if you'll meditate my word, Day and night, you will, you'll, you'll have prosperity and you'll have success. But we've got to meditate the Word of God day and night. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it's such a powerful scripture, but I want, I want to zero in on the very end of it because a lot of times when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5, we say that uh, though we war in the flesh, we don't, uh, excuse me, do, uh, uh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty God for pulling down strongholds. And that, that we have to pull down those strongholds and not meditate them, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How many thoughts? Every. How many thoughts? Every. How many thoughts? Every. How many of you don't capture every thought, but you know you meditate thoughts you shouldn't meditate? Can I see your hand? So therein... You, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm sure glad I came tonight. You are the problem. You are meditating the wrong thing. And it says, bring it into obedience to Christ. Now, the word obedience means attentive hearing, listen with compliant submission, assent and agreement. It is used for obedience in general, for obedience to God's commands, and for Christ's obedience. Now, here comes a little bit of the drill instructor. In verse number 6, a lot of times we don't go into that. In verse number 6, it says, And you, being ready to punish all dis." obedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Punishing disobedience and coming in line and making yourself do what you know is the right thing. Making yourself do what you know is the right meditating thoughts. I know the thought that I'm about to think or I have been thinking is wrong. Therefore, I'm responsible. It's my responsibility to get rid of that thought and to replace that thought with the thought. He who finds it. Now, this is going to sound funny. Or, 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 or what does he mean by that? There are times when anybody can think a bad thought about their mate. Is that just a fact? I can say yes. 
my wife can say yes. But wouldn't it be better, instead of doing that, to say, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Versus, I wonder why, or wonder, whatever. Today, when she came into my office, she said something. She said, I got to do whatever. And I said, come over here. Give me a kiss. I said, I need a kiss. You haven't kissed me often enough. And, and so she came over and gave me a kiss. You know? and, well, I mean, that was important to me at the time. And, and, and now, I know it sounds silly to you, but I, but I could have let her walk out the door and say, I wonder why she never kisses me. I just finally started taking what I've got and coming. No. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, but, but what happens is... He says, you don't need as many kisses as I do, so come over here and give me a kiss. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. I said, apparently, you don't need as many kisses as I do. So get over here and give me one. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, but, but it, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We should never be down. We should always be up. And, and really, honey, it, it is a question of following the commands of God and God wants to be our best friend, and God wants us to understand righteousness, and God doesn't want us messing around thinking stupid things. I think he likes every once in a while to jerk the slack out of us. I really do. Because he loves us, not because he wants to hurt us. It's like you're going the wrong way. You know, if you had a horse and you're riding a horse, I just thought about this, and the horse is going the wrong way, you're going to jerk those reins. You're going to get that horse's attention. And I believe there are times when God, through his love and mercy and compassion and gentleness, wants to get a little jerk on us and say, hey, man, why are you thinking those thoughts? Those are silly thoughts. And I think he probably even says, what does Paul say? I desire you not be ignorant. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy because of our thought life. Yeah, and, you know, I think that um, I, as, as I've been thinking on this message for myself, you know, you need to take every message and, and examine it in light of your life. You know, and I believe that, you know, over the years, uh, you, when, when I know when I started preaching and my husband was sitting here, he said, sitting through two services is just too much. You know, I just, that's a long time. I said, I've been sitting here for two services for like uh, 20 years. But I learn. Everybody say learn. I write in notes in one color the first service and the second service. I go back over and highlight things or write new things in another color. Because God is always speaking. If we're listening. And in every word you hear, God has something to say to us. And I, my prayer is that we all keep our hearts soft. Because when he first told me this, I thought, how hard do some people's hearts get? Because they, they've gotten hurt or they've gotten upset or they just gave up and you know they're just working on they're walking on hard ground in their heart in their heart, but then God wants us to walk with a, a tender heart, a heart that's soft, so that we can find those landmines before the devil uses them against us. Because folks, there is a much bigger picture than we've seen. Everybody say there's a much bigger picture, and I will tell you this: I learned this from working with visionaries. Visionaries see the big picture. And the fact that they don't see you in the hallway and say hi doesn't mean a darn thing. That's because their vision is so far out there. But where they're going, they will take you with them if you leave them alone and don't try to pull them into your problem. Could I just say that? I've learned that. Sometimes I've pulled my, my husband into my problem when he's trying to see down the road. And vice versa. Those are real landmines. Because that big picture... God is in that big picture, and that's what he is interested in. Everybody say, we need to please God. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we want to please the one that's pulling us that way. And that's the thing. When I was gone this week, I thought, Pam, you have got to get a grip. You are not. There are so many big things that God has shown me, and I get caught up in all this stuff that's going on, like right here. And he said, you need to find somebody else to take care of those things. That doesn't mean God doesn't care about that person. But God has other people to take care of things. Maybe that you're supposed to be thinking about the big picture, and they're supposed to be doing this. Number one, you're robbing them of doing that. And that's where their faith will grow. Are you getting this? Those are landmines to the future of what God wants to do in the earth. And there are mighty things, big things that God wants to do. 
You're ready for some really deep teaching with one sentence. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. ready. Cluttered minds are cluttered. Where are you going? And until they are uncluttered, they will continue to be cluttered with all sorts of thoughts. Wouldn't it be great if we just made ourselves say, God, I'm going to think about me and about other people what you think. And my thoughts today are going to be your thoughts. And I'm going to be pleasing to you today. And I'm going to meditate the Word. And because of experiences I've been through, I just can't think of it all the time. So I'm going to carry around a daily journal or something that will in, 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 lay in my car. I have to lay in my car seat. I have a, 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 a book, Daily Thoughts. And I'll just, it's, it's 365 days a year, but sometimes I'll just turn to one of them. And I'll look at it and I'll start reading it. Now, a lot of them I have memorized. A lot of them you have memorized. Let's all stand to our feet. You know what you have memorized. <clears throat> Get up every day and say, This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice. I'm going to be blessed coming. I'm going to be blessed going. That's good for people to get confused. You don't know which direction you're going. Either way, you're going to be blessed. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. All of my kids are going to serve the Lord. Not time. They're going to serve the Lord. And you begin to say things and speak things that are not as if they were. You actually are becoming an oracle for God on this earth. When Jesus said that he came to give us abundant life, over and above, effusive, excessive, more than enough, he meant that's the kind of life we're supposed to live. The only, the biggest challenge you will ever face on this earth is your thought life. You get control of your thought life. You will enjoy every moment of every day. Does it mean everything will go exactly perfect? No way. But that doesn't matter. What matters is what you think. What you think. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? <clears throat> you, you may have been attending this church for a while, but you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may have been attending this church for a while, and, and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You've drifted away from the things of God. Let tonight be the night you settle the issue and come back home. God loves you. But when you drift away from the things of God, tormented mind goes right along with that. If you're here and you say, Pastor, you've just described me. I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. Take just a moment. Anyone at all? Just lift it right up there. Yes, I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand all the way back there in the back. Are there others? You two ladies that lifted your hands, quickly come down here to the altar with me. Ushers, help us with them. One way back there, one right here. Give them a hand as they come. We thank God for each and every one of you. One of the hardest things, we're glad you're here. One of the hardest things in the world for me to do when, when I first got saved, and I still to this day can struggle with it sometimes, is to admit that I have a problem. But I found, you know, I don't know why it's hard because once you admit it, God goes to work. And, and I thank God I have a wife that I can say, honey, I'm struggling in this area of my life. But it's always in my thought life. Now, it's different thoughts, but something will come and oh my goodness, and then you start to think about it and all. When we get to the point in our life when we will admit, I got a problem and I need prayer in that area of my life, God, will set us free. So we're going to pray for these at this altar right now. But then we're going to pray for those of you, real quickly where you are, that you are really having some serious challenges in your thought life. It is the will of God you sleep sound all night long. Don't entertain any problems that are going to wake you up in the middle of the night. It is the will of God you wake up with the mind of Christ and you rejoicing. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. But right now, Stretch your hands out toward these at this altar. Father, I thank you for these ladies. I thank you that tonight is a great night for them, a night of new beginnings, and we thank you for that. Let's all pray this prayer right now. Jesus.
I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But tonight I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. Sandy, I want you to come around and pray for these. Get a couple other ladies up here with you. Now, I want us to pray right now as we go out of here. How many of you are really struggling in your thought life? You got some, sir. Get your hands up real high. Now, believers all around you, I want you to look at where these hands are quickly. Go to them all the way back there on the soundboard. First row over here, second row, third row, all the way over here. Don't leave anybody out. And we're going to pray, and the power of Almighty God is here. But the bottom line is this. You have to get a discipline and an obedience to say to your mind, mind, you are going to think what I tell you to think. You're going to think good thoughts, and then you feed your mind the thought that you want to think based on the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. No different than what Jesus said when He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only do what the Father tells me to say. And I believe while it doesn't say this, He would say, I only think what God wants me to think. Father, I bind every demonic force that's trying to cause these people to think things that are contrary to you. I bind it in Jesus' name. I loose the Holy Spirit. And Father, more than anything, because they have been set free, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit and the discipline and the self-control that we have within us to come to the forefront and say this is what I'm going to think this is what I'm going to meditate and that we will have prosperity and we will have good success we pray it, we decree it and we believe it in the name of Jesus and everybody said now let's make this confession before we thank God and leave, ready? okay, I have the mind of Christ I am blessed coming I'm blessed going. I meditate the Word of God day and night. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. I'm going from glory to glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God will supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Therefore, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy. All, the all the time. The joy of the Lord, the of the Lord is, my is my strength, and I'm taking control, I'm taking under, God's under God's leadership, of my mind. Of my mind. Put your hand on your mind and say, mind, mind. Shut, up. shut up. You will only think, will only think what, I what I tell you to think, because I have the mind of Christ. Can you say amen to that? Give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.